You want to be hardcore, you want to be extreme. Well, if you're like the Sandman, then you're listening to the podcast Drunk Wrestling History, dudes. And please be drunk when you hear it. It's a drunk podcast. I can rim like a motherfucker. You already saw my Sullivan in San Diego. He got a golden shower. Bundy just fucking cream pied Albano. I've been drunk. I've never been come drunk. Woo! What's up, Drunk Marks and Drunk Marquettes? Welcome to Drunk Wrestling History. I'm Adam, your designated host, and they are the Drunk Wrestling Historians. This is Eddie. Let us drink till thine asses are drunk. And this is Scott. When if you can, lose if you must, but always drink. Thank you all very much for joining us. So excited for this pay-per-view episode that we are covering for all of you today, tonight, whenever you're listening to this. But regardless of when you're listening to this, you should also head over to whatamaneuver.net. Get those Drunk Wrestling History t-shirts, tank tops, hoodies, onesies for the drunk mark and drunk mark minis especially if they come in <laughs> mini sit six packs or 12 packs god forbid uh, if that if that's the case then you are very fertile but uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening octomom <laughs> jesus gross uh but yep. uh head over to whatamaneuver.net buy a fucking shirt buy a fucking shirt and we also have drinks. I'm Is drinking a, um, it's called a planter's punch. I put up oh, a video ooh. on TikTok. So if you guys want to um, see my ugly ass on TikTok, go watch it. Uh, make it I made a, put a video of me making the drink. Um, I'm making this for Saturday because we're hanging out at Scott's house Saturday. It's um, rum, some lime juice, some grenadine, some simple syrup, and some bitters uh, with a little, with a splash of, um, I use Perrier because that's all I have, but a splash of, you know, some sparkling water, club soda. Um, it's fucking good. It's really good. So, Scott, you're in for a uh, treat Saturday. And I have a shot of Jameson on standby because this drink is not very big. And <laughs> depending on how long this episode goes, I might be making a uh, doing a beer run to my uh, beer refrigerator, which so I have. I have a I have a dedicated beer refrigerator in my uh, dining room. He does. Lucky. Hashtag and priorities. I'm going traditional uh, blackened in water. No surprise here. I have blackened in the cupboard, so blackened going down the hatch. So boring. Cheers. And, and I got my favorite beer in the entire world, A&W Root. Root. Classy. So, Adam, um, you mentioned yes. we're doing um, a pay-per-view. What you didn't mention, it. this is part of, and I forgot to tell you, we didn't mention it beforehand, we're recording these in backwards order. This is the second episode of July at Drunk Wrestling History is Invasion Month. That's true. So you're going to get an Invasion episode from us every Friday this week. So this is our second episode um, because we are celebrating 21 years of the Invasion. It's now It's 21. Legal. It's now and legal, yes. Invasion is, is officially, yeah, we always do. We never do 20th or anything like that. We, or we've just done random shit, but we try to do, when we remember anyway, the 25th or 21st year of uh, whatever. Because that's the year to celebrate on a show on with a, plenty of drinking. On a drinking podcast, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, we can drink with Invasion now. 
Eight, 18 in other countries, but you know. Or 16. Or 16 in other countries. I think Canada's 19. I think Canada's 19. Mexico's 18. England, I think, is 19. 18. Germany's 16. Just depends on the country, but um, they're all lower than here. Yeah. At least uh, U.S. Bay shows, 21. We celebrate that. And if it's older than that, uh, we don't say what the actual age is. We say it's just the anniversary of the 21st, dot, dot, dot. There you go. Anyways. We'll do, for, we'll do a 16th um, anniversary of like a German. There aren't a lot of German wrestlers. We could do like a scat porn. I'm with that. <laughs> we could watch the David Hasselhoff video where he was hammered eating a cheeseburger. <laughs> Been there. <laughs> where he a was trying. Times. Apparently he was trying to wrestle himself. <laughs> or, or wrestle some demons. I, I'm sorry. That was that was too far. <laughs> no, that was a good joke. All right. Anyways, for uh, this week's episode, we are taking this back to still the year of our Lord, 2001. War has begun. And this is the pay-per-view that will set the tone. This is Invasion. Oh, so, coming to you from the Gundarina in Cleveland, Ohio. Which is like one of the places they do pay-per-views all the time to this day. It's like a super... It seems like once a year, Gun, Gund Arena gets a pay-per-view. does seem like... Yeah, like... Like, I shouldn't know the name of Gund Arena in, in Cleveland. You know what I mean? But I do. I know if someone says, where's a Gund Arena? I know exactly where it is. Because it <laughs> seems like they're there all the fucking time. You know, it's one of those cities. Pittsburgh gets a lot. Um, obviously, New York. But uh, Philly, Flo- D.C. Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Houston seems yeah, to get a lot. All over Texas. Yeah. Oakland doesn't get enough. Yeah. West Coast gets shit on. Yeah. Right. Well, we got WrestleMania next year. And we got Money in the Bank in Vegas. It's about as close as it gets. Yeah, which has turned out to be a huge fucking disaster. <laughs> right? Yeah. Holy <laughs> yeah. shit. You go from yeah, a I football think... stadium to uh, the Garden Arena. Ooh. And as of, as of like a week ago, it wasn't sold out. Ooh. Yeah, come on. I mean, you're not putting one of the big fours in the big stadium. I mean, SummerSlam did okay, right? And COVID was kind of still a thing. And yeah. I, you would think, okay, put one of the big fours there. It's going to do fine. What are you doing putting money in the bank there? I like, think you're way to, overshot. Well, I think they were trying to make that like the big five. Unless no, you're, wrong. False. Are you talking that about, would not happen. Mm-hmm. Must be talking about 50-foot ladders instead of 20. <laughs> yeah. We're doing it. Yeah. Holy shit. Or, How do you learn my, to fall off a 50-foot ladder? Money in the bank. You need to use a genie <laughs> lift. But well, I'm, the, glad, I'm glad you made that reference, Scott. Yeah, right? Yeah. It's coming. Yeah. So anyway, um, one quick note is for me is this was the first non-Big Four. Speaking of the Big Four, this is the first non-Big Four pay-per-view that I paid to watch. I watched several at your house when you had the box. Um, or allegedly. Watched, you know, allegedly, yeah. Um, or other various means that I would have to wait to watch. Uh, I would have to watch them. Um, but this is the first one I actually paid paid to watch because I was very much like fuck you it used to be Saturday night's main event on the off months for free so why yeah. would I pay you to watch these stupid in your houses and shit right. so I was totally against that and then that just opened up I think I ended up ordering every pay-per-view through the whole invasion because I just got caught so caught up in the angle it was kind of like a breaking the seal thing like once I ordered the first one then it was like well fuck you know yeah. here we go yeah it's a slippery slope like now you've got to get all of them right but I had to see this well this Realistic, and we'll get into this in later episodes because it is Invasion Month. This should have been the biggest angle of all time. Well, we, I think we got into this in an earlier episode. Okay. We're recording it later tonight. 
Yeah, a later episode that we're recording after the one you're hearing now. But right, hey, that's what drunkards do. Yes, exactly. But anyway, we'll get but, into that. Yeah, so to get into the show, it starts with a really cool um, video package. I guess I should have let you set this up, Adam, but yep. I'm jumping the gun. It's all, it's all good. Uh, we have a montage uh, mixing uh, clips of the last month with President Roosevelt. Yeah, in clips of World War II, they mm. really set up that this was a war, and it had this cool music, and it's clips, yeah, Roosevelt cutting promos, and shots of, you know, like old old reels of World War II footage. It was really cool, and it's like, you watch this, I have not seen this pay-per-view in at least 15 years. I don't think I've watched this since the network came out, um, but you know, back in the day, you'd record them when, you, when you'd get the pay-per-view. So I watched it a few times after, but... I haven't seen this since then, so I don't remember much of it. Dude, this got me fired up for this fucking show. This was a great video package. 21 years later, again? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Nice, yeah. nice. You know you're telling a good story when all these years later you can go back and watch it. You're like, fuck, dude, I can't wait to watch this pay-per-view. And you kind of know what's coming. You know what I mean? Yeah, you knew yeah. it was going to happen. I didn't remember. Still. There was a lot of stuff I forgot about it, but I remembered. I kind of remembered all, most of the general stuff, but yeah, it really got me fired up. So it was a great, really good video. Just package. watching, it. it's like you yourself, you're ready to go to war. Totally, yeah, well. yeah. Like, oh yeah, I was about to go down to Atlanta and whip Ted Turner's ass. <laughs> that motherfucker. <laughs> mm -hmm. Can I point out one thing that I didn't like about this whole thing? Go ahead. When you go to war, obviously you're rooting for your home country, right? So WWF bought WCW, so WWF is now home base or home territory. Right. WCW is the, the quote-unquote enemy, right? Those are the ones we're going to war with. Mm -hmm. I didn't like that all of WWF became the face and all of WCW became the heel. Because I was rooting for guys like Booker T right, and Billy right. Kidman and yeah. to an extent DDP and now I'm having to cheer against them because they're just positioned to be the role of the heel. And that did flip, and we'll get into that in one of the matches. But that was probably my least favorite part of this pay-per-view is that you were, you were kind of being set up or trained to boo WCW and root mm -hmm. for WWF. And that was the one part that kind of, eh, I wasn't crazy about. Right, right. There and there, that, yeah, you're right. That does come up in some of the matches, so we'll get to that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's fair. Well, let's get into the first match, Adam. All right. Uh, so, uh, JR and Michael Cole are your commentators. Uh, really quick, uh, on Heat, uh, before the show actually started, Chavo Guerrero got the first win uh, over Scotty Tuhati. So, uh, before the show starts, Alliance is up one nothing. Oh, did that count toward the total? I think they, re they referred to it. Uh, okay. Because before the inaugural brawl, it was tied. Spoiler alert. Okay, so we'll use yeah. your scores because mine are fucked up then. So yeah, I did yeah. not count that in my final score. I didn't that... either, so mine's going to be off. So Adam's yeah. Adam's in charge of uh, Adam has the, the accurate score. count. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I'm I'm in charge of updating the score that already took place. Here we go. <laughs> yes. There Opening go. match is oh, and like for a lot of these matches, it's like they're face they're facing their counterparts in what what would be WCW mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. ECW, which was right, really right. interesting. Okay. Uh, opening matches, Lance Storm and Mike Awesome versus the 2001 King of the Ring, Edge and Christian. And we have uh, that whole uh, shtick of Christian always carrying Edge's trophy. Okay, what was that trophy? Because I don't remember that trophy. It looks like the Stanley Cup with the WWE logo. 
It was King of the Ring trophy, dude. Oh, it was the King of the Ring King trophy. Of the Ring tro- uh, yeah. I, would, I would say more I like a, they ever had a trophy. I would say more like the Grey Cup. Okay, yes. Well, whatever. <laughs> whatever. I don't know. Like, I, I mean, look, a, I'm a big nah, hockey nah. fan, but I don't know what all these different cups that you never see look like. Yeah, I don't recall I don't know it. the Prince Albert Cup and the fucking, <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? The Cuckold Cup and... The, <laughs> the Solo Cup? Well, yeah, whatever. They're called the Best DP Cup. <laughs> There are a Sorry, lot of I, was, I was watching the AVN Awards recently. I think, I think I'm getting my awards mixed up. Oh boy, <laughs> the DP Cup, yeah, <laughs> the double cup. <laughs> yeah, Ch- I don't really remember match. the trophy either. But yeah, Christian carrying it for Edge. It was hilarious. Uh, Jax, who was producing the WWF figures at the time, actually made a replica of that trophy. They came out with like an accessory pack that had some belts and it had that trophy in it. So at some point that became a thing. But do you I have just, it? No, I don't have that. No. Nerd. No, I know that that wasn't my thing to collect back then, but uh, they did make a replica of it, but I don't remember that being a thing when you won the King of the Rings. So I don't know if that was exclusive to when Edge won it. Yeah. Or if they did that for a couple consecutive years. I, I don't recall. No, I think uh, they started it with that. Uh, when Angle won it the year prior, he got the whole royal costuming and stuff yeah it was uh, normally like a scepter crown yeah. and cape right uh when brock did it uh, the following year they may have had one ready just like uh how austin just stood on the stage but didn't accept it but the big prize that they did, chose to award was that you're king of the ring you're number one contender for the heavyweight title so maybe I guess just this, demanded it yeah this is guys do you think guys did weird things to the cup like they did to the stanley cup <laughs> you mean like you know because you always hear the all top? these you always hear these legends about, you know, how everybody yeah. gets the Stanley Cup for a day, and you hear these legends about they did this weird thing with it. Well, you know like, how... Uh, I forget who it was brought it. Um, Howard had them on the show with the Stanley Cup, and Jackie uh, Martling duty in it. <laughs> I mean, you, you all know how Edge used to do that missionary thrust when he would enter a ring. I'm sure something like that happened to the trophy. <laughs> he he put the wide end to Alita's butthole. <laughs> he dipped his balls in it. <laughs> Allegedly. We're not filled, totally sure about it. Filled this. it with ass cream. <laughs> That's Christian's ass cream. <laughs> um, so Edge controls the match early on. Mike Awesome tries to hit him for the apron. And he gets tossed to the floor, and then Edge backdrops Storm onto him, and then Christian dives onto both of them, which is a really cool way. It's really it's like the first minute or two of the match, really early on. Poetry so, in motion. But, uh, yeah, Ed, poetry in motion. I mean, he kind of trips over the top rope but he still he fucked hit. up a little yeah he still hit yeah the he two did of them. he caught his foot i think yeah. yeah he did yeah but it was a cool you know it was a nice opening to the you know to set off the whole uh what do you call it the whole i don't know it sets the tone for the paper tone view. that's the word i'm looking for thank you yeah yeah so that was pretty cool the heels take control early um christian goes for a monkey flip storm turns him around and goes for a superplex Somehow, but then he gets tossed, and Awesome pulls Christian's foot before he can go for a dive on Storm. So it's a little bit of—it's kind of—it's a quick pace match. It's really quick early on, which you would expect from these guys. Not Awesome, not Mike Awesome, but the other Awesome three, was kind sure. of a weird—he was kind of like the odd man out. He was always—I always thought he was kind of a weird partner for Storm, but it did give you that kind of quick, agile guy and the big strong fuck. Yeah, exactly. It was almost like the Heart Foundation to an extent. Sorta. Of, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. You had the and, muscle and, and the um, speed. And uh, power and glory. Right, right. But, yeah. you know, successful. Um, there's a sign in the audience that says, I love the Olsen twins. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> Which is a hilarious sign. I'm more of a fan of the Potter twins myself, but that was a good sign. 
I gotta be honest. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and if you get that reference, something's wrong with you. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> um, so they're fucking Christian up early on. He almost tags. They're doing. They're setting up the hot tag. You know, he almost gets attacked for a match a few times. Never quite get, gets it. And uh, Awesome eventually goes for the Awesome Bomb off the top rope, and he takes a backdrop, and then we get the hot tag. And Edge comes in and cleans house. That was great, dude. Like, I seriously thought he was going to do an Awesome Bomb on this pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. And I was like, fucking come on and hit that shit, but he missed it. Yeah, I was kind of excited for it, too. I was like, okay, I know eventually Christian's going to tag out, but I hope he hits this fucking move. I thought maybe Edge would break up the pin. Yes. Because you know, I mean, Christian's not kicking out of an He already did that, like, bomb. twice by this point. Well, that's or, true. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't have um, So then shit gets kind of crazy. The referee's trying to get Mike Awesome out of the ring, and Storm gets like a five count with a small package. Yep. And then Christian rolls it over and gets a two count, and that was I thought that was kind of weird. It was sort of a weird spot because eventually to get to the end, Mike Awesome has Edge over his shoulder. He's going to do... He has him in like a FU position, right? Right. Um, Fire, fireman's carry or... Yeah, I guess a fireman's right. I guess that is what it's called, huh? Um, and Christian spears him, and then Edge gets the pin. So the weird part to me about the small package and the five count was that they you think they're going to lose at that point, right? But they're looking strong. But the but in the replays, they never mention it. You know, normally no. it would be like, oh, they won, but he had him pinned. They never bring that up. But they were WWE announcers. Well, they, that's true. I guess they were... Yeah, I guess yeah, it was so, a WWE yeah. TV truck. In theory, yeah, you never exactly. got that perspective. Yeah. It was just kind of weird. It was kind of like, why put that spot in there if you're not going to use it in that way? Yeah, but I think you're right. I think it was more to keep the WCW team with an argument in their back pocket. But it was kind of cool that the WWF team did not acknowledge it at all. Like, yeah, they no, were that never like, happened. Fuck you. Yeah, maybe it came up the next night on Raw, but it, but it, it never came up yeah. on, the, on the pay-per-view. Yeah. But yeah, and that was kind of weird that Christian hit a spear, too. I don't recall Christian ever using no, a spear. But he's no, not never. That. Never. Not, no, it was, let alone to pin Mike Awesome with it. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, no, it was a great finish. I loved it. Yeah. Uh, Vince celebrates uh, in his room, and Regal comes in wearing a gray polo and maroon trunks. Hashtag fashion ideas. <laughs> and Vince is doing <laughs> the Edge and Christian pose in the back. <laughs> yes. He was so happy. He's doing the five-second pose. Uh, WWF one, WCW slash ECW zero. Well, no, it's one and zero, two and uh, zero, right? Oh, uh, if you're counting the pre-show, it's tied up one-one. Okay. Yeah. If, if you're not, then it's one nothing. Yes. If you're only counting the main yeah. uh, main show, one nothing WWF. And well, let's make let's make a decision right here <laughs> whether we're going to count the pre-show. or not. I never count a pre-show, dude, because we didn't okay. count that when we were doing the fantasy league. We stopped counting the pre-show. That's true. That's true. So fuck the pre-show. Yeah, the fantasy league that you ruined by winning every time. But I mean, I had to. Yeah, you were like the Brock Lesnar of the fantasy league. It just wasn't <laughs> oh, fun anymore. You all think I'm not coming back, and suddenly I show up, whip your ass. Yeah, exactly. If that's the case, I want to see Scott's sword tattooed on his chest. <laughs> 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 all right. Uh, I did- my dick on Scott's chest. <laughs> I've had enough of your dick, dude. I don't ever want to see that on FaceTime again. And speaking of my dick, the lawnmower 4.0. 
<laughs> Will you stop? <laughs> no, we're not doing we're not doing a Manscaped ad tonight. We don't know what the status of that uh, advertisement campaign is. But so, we really uh, do hope to... that you all took advantage of that because it really yeah. is a great product. Yeah, but you're not going to have to hear us talk about our balls tonight. No, not until they approve that code moving forward. Yeah. There's a montage because uh, this is a truly a war between two companies. Not It's not just an issue between wrestlers. Now the, the referees are actually at war, having to share locker rooms and uh, like shady calls on uh, matches. There's actual beef between Earl Hepner and Nick Patrick. I completely forgot about this. I did too. Yeah. I, I totally, it was silly, um, but it was pretty it, it's cool. It's totally silly. Yeah. 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 Um, Mick Foley was the guest referee. He oh, showed yeah. up on Heat and said he was a ref for this match, but he also said that he's doing something else, but he didn't say what. Um, we would find out what that is later. We'll find out oh, yeah, later. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But so all the refs come out together. Yeah. Uh, the cool part of this. This is the w- the official match. Uh, the referees duel. Oh, uh, I think Nick, I said it already, yeah. Nick Patrick versus Earl. I was just doing the vid- intro, but I mean, still, it's practically the same lead up. Uh, Earl Hebner versus Nick Patrick in a referees duel. Mick Foley is the special guest referee. Everyone is in their referee gear. Uh, before we get into this, I feel that we should have a toast to the late oh, great yes. Dave Hebner. Oh, yeah. Uh, wait, did you say Earl or Dave? Dave. Dave. Okay, I thought you said Earl. I was like, no, no, Dave, Earl's alive. And um, and the great Tim White. Yeah, I was going to get into that because he's later on, but he's also in this match. So, mm-hmm. yes, let's uh, let's have a toast. You listeners as well, as you're hearing this, let's uh, raise our glasses to the great Dave Hebner and the great Tim White. Cheers, yep. gentlemen. R.I.P. Uh, half a shot of Jameson. Just in paradise. Yeah, we don't care if you're listening to this at work or in the car. Do a shot with us. Do a shot. <laughs> Even if it yeah. is root beer. Yeah, that was too bad. And it was really mm. weird. Two referees, two old school referees like that to die just a few days apart. Yeah. And, and dude, uh, I, Dave's dedication to get all that plastic surgery to look like somebody else just to screw over Hogan. Mm-hmm. It was incredible. That's a guy who who cares about the business. He really cares about the business. Yeah, yeah. And Tim White, you know what I mean? There's nobody more legendary than the guy who drove Andre around. Dude. And we talked about it a few episodes back. Um, Adam and I ran into him at Access this year, and he was, I said this on Twitter the other day, he was the coolest WWE guy that I've ever uh, just randomly encountered by like mm-hmm. a mile, like no one else. Lawler was super cool um, in Seattle. Jeff Hardy, I ran into him in uh, Salt Lake. He was cool, but... Tim White was other level, other level cool, really cool dude. I wish I'd gone to his bar um, when I was in Providence and I completely forgot about it. He's it wasn't in Providence, but it was close by. Totally forgot about it like a dumbass. Um, and that's that. So yeah, did Tim White write that a book? The only impression I had of Tim, him, but man, what a guy! Just take taking his time. Totally, totally. Yeah. To, what would you ask like, about Tim White, Scott? Did he write a book? Not that I know of. No. So he took all of those Andre stories to his grave. Yeah, yeah. Damn, dude, that's too bad. I wish he would have written a book about... It could have literally just been story after story about driving around with Andre and Mm -hmm. all the cool shit that they did. Oh, man. Should we dig him up? Okay. (laughs) Okay. We'll take take him to his bar like a weekend at Bernie's. (laughs) (laughs) I, I was about to suggest him. something pet cemetery, Literally. but that's better. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> um, so the funny part about this, when the, all the referees come out together, is Brian Hebner is there with WCW, 
Yes. And he has bleached hair because it's 2001. Ble- <laughs> and Almost I like not- Michael Cole had bleached hair too. Michael Cole, yeah. And I had bleached hair in, I think, 99, <laughs> 98 or 99. Yeah. I, I almost pre- did. I wanted to frost the tips so bad. I experimented well, I- with it in 2002. Yeah. And mine grew out and I had frosted tips, but I was Billy Idol for Halloween and I bleached it. And there's a whole, maybe one day I'll tell the story about that. But there's a whole, there's a really good story about that. Ooh, but uh, I'm not going to get into it. I'm not going to get into it now because uh, you have to pick Peyton up eventually. So, All right. Um, we, th- that'll be our Patreon episode. <laughs> well, it involves a uh, P. You've, Shocking. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, sober host chiming in. You've actually told that episode. Or told oh, have that I? story. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, oh. Um, if you remember which episode it was, um, let I, us know, and I'll, I'll link to it on YouTube. Uh, I know you did. I'll yeah. I'll find it, and I'll let you know. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, Jr.'s talking about how loyal Earl is, which is great because this is just a couple years before Earl gets fired <laughs> for being disloyal. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Right, he's like three or four years away from getting fired for like stealing fucking t-shirts and shit. Right. <laughs> I didn't feel bad at all about stealing cable when Earl got fucking busted for that shit. <laughs> I was like, well, I was doing oh. small potatoes. Come on. So this <laughs> this match was pretty cool, actually. Earl backs Nick into the corner and he stomps a mud hole in him, um, and yeah. then he does the pull the you know pull his feet spot where uh nick holds onto the top rope and he gets lifted off the off the mat and drops onto his back and then earl does like a ground and pound and i'm like whoa like earl's a fucking firecracker starting to get feisty here and starting to get blown up too (laughs) well yeah that's true yeah right his cardio is not (laughs) what what, uh oh he's more blown up than he was in the steamboat uh savage match at three was still in better shape than warrior at six though that's true that's true yeah yeah (laughs) <laughs> he does the 10 punches in the corner for that one then, uh, like those 10 punches uh, I thought that was, he landed those punches like how Nick Patrick taps the mat for a count <laughs> <laughs> like that full force and then uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, so Nick turns it around he drop kicks Earl out of the ring like does the sliding drop kick um, the ref's outside. Now it turns into like a lumberjack match. Yes. And Foley gets out and regulates on Foles. And the greatest thing ever, Foley tosses the refs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which had to be, I mean, somebody, I, I, I bet Patterson came up with that spot. You know, like, wouldn't it be funny if we tossed the refs this time? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was great. And the crowd went banana. Yeah, they did. Um, Earl gets back in the, they both get back in the ring Earl just like smashes into Nick Patrick and pins him One, like a two, flying three. tackle sort of thing yeah, yeah something like that yeah like a or like a um, a pounce like a Monty Brown yes like Monty Brown right yeah um, it, there wasn't much to the match but shit I just spilled that shot luckily it was only Fail. about two minutes long um, god damn it you guys go ahead and wrap this up uh, I gotta go get a towel yeah no it served its purpose here we go second match on yeah. the card you're not expecting too much it did its job. It was entertaining. And uh, WWF got another win, technically. So uh, if you're counting the pre-show, two to one. If not, WWF two, WCW slash ECW zero. They're still they're still winning. The crowd is still on fire. So They it, enjoyed it the works. match. Yeah, they didn't shit on it. It was yeah. great having Foley as a part of it. I think it needed that dressing. Mm-hmm. But it did its job, for sure. Uh, not as good as uh, Taka versus Aguila. But, you know. What did, is did did its job, uh, Orton and uh, Rollins, but uh, I think ah good point yes. Uh, I just would have figured that uh, even though it's a referee's duel, 
I wouldn't be expecting them to be wearing wrestling gear, but maybe some jogging pants or sweatpants. <laughs> or Yeah, instead of their or, referee Or just outfits. a shirt instead of being restrictive pants with a belt on it. Like, yeah. And a, like, it's okay. Wear a t-shirt and some, and some breakaways. That's cool. <laughs> no, nah, these men are professionals, Adam. They were wearing their fucking gear to the ring. Wearing it with honor with uh, the company's logo on their chest. There we go. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Backstage, uh, Deborah and Tori Wilson are uh, uh, talking. They're not fighting. They're just talking. And Deborah. No, that was Sarah, dude. That was Sarah. That was Sarah. That's Undertaker's wife. Oh, dude, Fucking I thought that was some. A. I thought that was some busted Shit. Daytona stripper. No. So I, here's where I talk about the benefits of upgrading. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. Like, why is Deborah talking to this ring rat hanging out? <laughs> right? Like, because you didn't catch that. She was like, oh, well, when Mark's out there later, I'm like, that's fucking Sarah. She's talking about Undertaker using his fucking real name. She's Wait. calling him a Mark. Wait, <laughs> I heard. Never mind. Whatever. <laughs> Because she was part of the storylines at this point because DDP had, like, stalked her or something. Yeah. That's why the whole Undertaker-DDP beef. But, yeah, right. that was Sarah, dude. Yeah, they, they bring over DDP and they give him, like, a rapist fucking gimmick. What, dude. Oh, my God. I hated it so much because I fucking loved DDP and WCW. He, mm-hmm. I didn't really watch WCW a lot, but when I did watch, it was literally to watch DDP and a few others. Of course, Macho Man. But DDP was so fucking good, dude. And mm-hmm. he was an older guy that got a late start. So I respected that. He busted his ass. He was like 35, I, dude. Well, when he got a start, you mean? I think When he actually started wrestling, yeah. So when he first got his push, he was, yeah, mid-30s to like early 40s. He was like 20 years younger than you. <laughs> right. Dude. <laughs> So when he got to WWF at this point, he was mid forties, because he he started yeah. wrestling I think in like oh three oh no I'm sorry ninety three ninety four somewhere in there yeah so he'd be forty two something like he'd be my age right yeah right so yeah. much respect to him he deserved better and this goes back to what I was saying like having to root against these guys I didn't like being put in that position. Right. I didn't want to have to feel like I had to root for everybody on Team WWF and hate everybody on Team WCW. Yeah, that was a shit yeah. I didn't like. I wanted to root for Booker T. I wanted to root for DDP. So I didn't like what they put him in. But, hey, it got him into an angle with the, one of the biggest guys on the roster. So, you know, I guess take your wins where you can get them. It, just, it wasn't great. Um, exactly. Everything around me smells like Jameson now. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky. It's on my shorts, dude. At least like it doesn't I wiped smell it like Potpourri. Oh no, that smells better actually. Yeah, it was that was a disaster. It was one of those tall, you know, the shooter glasses, the big tall shot glass. Oh, damn. And I just happened to nick the top of it with my hand and it fucking fell right over his like half full. So I feel we should have a toast to your fallen soldier. Yeah, that's my last I'm not drinking any more of that. I don't want more of those. I didn't really want to drink a lot of Jameson anyway. Now I'm drinking a Huckleberry Haze, a um India Pale Ale with Huckleberry, which um, if you know anything about Nelson from The Simpsons, he would be a big fan of this beer. I see. Sweet. Also, little known fact, Huckleberry Hayes, the brother of Michael P.S. Hayes. That's true. That's true. <laughs> little known fact. 
<laughs> All right. After that is a montage of uh, how the APA is welcoming the invasion so that they could have more asses to kick. Uh, I think I said this uh, back on the Hall of Fame uh, prediction show that even though th- uh, they weren't the leaders per se of Team WWF, they were willing to be the first soldiers to run out there and fight for the WWF. I Bad think, motherfuckers. Yeah, this is uh, this montage is uh, definitely presenting that. Uh, so this is a non-title tag team champions match. Uh, WWF tag champs versus WCW tag champs, the APA versus Chuck Palumbo and Sean O'Hare. Really quickly to go back to the video package, did you catch that Meng was there? Dude, that's my first note. Okay, yeah, Meng. Hawaiian shirt and uh, cargo shorts. I don't remember him being there at all, and he must not have been there long because he's not on the pay-per-view. I don't know. Remember, he returned as, uh, yeah, he's Haku with uh, Rikishi. Oh, with Rikishi. Is that what it was? Yeah. They teamed up. I totally didn't remember that. Me either. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. that's all I have to say about Ming. That's why he's there. Wow. Okay. All right. Uh, the che- the heels charge the ring, and right away we have a brawl, and the APA wins that part of the match. And I'm thinking we're two and WWF, right? But can yeah. the APA really? The APA can't lose. I'm like the APA is not losing to fucking O'Hare and Palumbo. So right. I don't know They're where your tag champs. Fucking... So you're gonna you're not gonna have them go over. Right. So I don't know where this match is going. So. Um, APA takes control when they're brawling outside the ring, and then they get in and start the actual match. And immediately, you can hear Teddy Long tell them they have seven minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I caught it. He said seven minutes now. Like I caught it right away. And like you very rarely hear that. You don't really. You know what I mean? It's pretty hard to pick up on that. Also, um, speaking of Teddy Long, you go to ringside. Somebody's holding a fan that says Teddy Long. Person next to him holding a sign that says Best Hair in the Biz. In <laughs> fact, Teddy Long has no hair in this match. <laughs> Oh, yo, he he used to have the best hair. He did. Yeah, he had that Jerry curled skullet. It was so good. I think I I think the other uh, side of that sign it said fan club. So when you hold hold them together, in theory, it should say Teddy Long Fan Club. But the way they worded it, it's like Teddy Fan Long Club. If you know what I mean. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If you could picture that screaming woman and the cat meme. That's the concept. <laughs> so what I'm gathering is you're talking about his dick, Adam. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, there's not a whole lot to this match. The heels kind of control most of it. Um, Bradshaw ends up getting the hot tag. Um, he beats on Palumbo, and then he takes a kick from O'Hare, and then the match goes crazy, and it just kind of gets nuts, and Farouk ends up, uh, or I mean, um, Palumbo takes a, Fucking clothesline from hell. I think it was Palumbo. Bradshaw it. hits a clothesline yeah. from hell on Palumbo. Bradshaw hits a clothesline from hell on Palumbo, and the match ends right on time. Yeah. <laughs> I actually timed it. It was like seven minutes and 15 seconds or something. Because APA is professional, damn it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And um, they, they operate out of an office. So, you know, <laughs> you know, you know they're organized. <laughs> Uh, but that's three wins in a row for WWF. And there's a sign in the uh, front that says, Mom, don't forget to tape Celine D on the concert. 
Mom, if you're watching this wrestling pay-per-view, yeah, right. please switch over to Celine Dion. Thanks. Well, like on the other TV, you know what I mean? They got two pay-per-views going on in the house. <laughs> Go upstairs. <laughs> you got to love 2001, dude. Frosted yeah, Tips and multiple back when pay-per-views. You had to put uh, Everyone in, in the, the crowd v- was a wise ass. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Who knows? Maybe they had TiVo. Uh, I just I just found uh, that combination uh, ironic. Uh, JB or Bradshaw hitting the clothesline on Palumbo uh, not, just a few years later when uh, JBL is on commentary and Palumbo uh, changes to his motorcycle gimmick. JBL's like practically wetting himself every time he comes out. This guy's gonna be a champion! Oh my god! I'm telling you, he's gonna be a champion. Just watch. <laughs> Oops. And that's ironic yeah. how? Because Bradshaw beat Palumbo in this match. Hmm. Yet, he's kissing his ass just a few years later. I think you might be doing an Alanis Morissette with the word ironic, but um, that is an interesting note. There we go. It works. <laughs> it's also interesting that JBL thought that he was going to be champion. That, uh, Palumbo was going to be champion. Yeah. He was better with blonde hair and teamed up with Billy Gunn, just for the record. That was the best, that was the best run of his career, yeah. You loved it. I loved it. I still love it. Because you look so good to me. Uh, (laughs) We need to do an episode on Billy and Chuck, dude. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm down. That is a drink up for sure. Oh, we're saving that for next year because we already had an idea for next year around this time of year. And if you, anyone hearing this thinks about it, they might be able to figure out what we're talking about. Ponder, ponder. Think about it. Uh, Vince and Jericho are backstage. Vince has a boner because they got three wins in a row. And uh, Shane Steffen... And he goes and uses yeah. it on a paralegal. <laughs> That'll cost you $3 million. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> yeah, Jericho calls Heyman fat, and then they go to Steph and Shane, who are in the heel locker room watching Jericho, but they should be watching themselves now. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> also, Kidman's uh, with apparently them. the Gundarina has pay per view. <laughs> Unscrambled. Yeah, they have what we used to call in the cable business a DCT. What it's is that? Di- digital is. Ca- uh, digital cable terminal. Oh, I see. Cable box. Cable box. So sophisticated. Yeah. See, we're yeah. learning yeah. things. Yep. I used to. I was a cable guy for four years, so I know these things. Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> they're losing their shit because uh, they're down, or they got uh, beat three times in a row. Kidman says he's going to show why the crowd chants X Pac sucks, be- and they do. Even though he's Team WWF, spoiler alert: that's what happens. the The next match is uh, another uh, match uh, between counterparts. The WWF light heavyweight champion X-Pac versus the WCW cruiserweight champion Billy Kidman. So I'm glad you set this up with X-Pac getting booed because what's great about this is during the entrances, JR talks about X-Pac normally gets booed, but he's not tonight. And then he immediately gets booed. booed. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, like right on fucking cue. (laughs) Right, yeah. It's like like, X-Pac sucks. Right as the music hits, JR says that. And as soon as he comes through the curtain, he gets fucking booed. <laughs> and this is the first time where the crowd hates the WWF guy. Right. There's a I solid forgot, turn right here. I forgot how much they hated X-Pac. I think because I always liked X-Pac. Yeah. But you know remember, what I mean? So I guess I... Remember, X-Factor sucked. 
Max Factor was fine. I mean, oh, you mean the team? The or team. The, the, the finisher. That was him and Albert, right? And just incredible. And just incredible. Okay. Who by, the, right. who by this point defected back, but still just that faction. Ugh. But he's they getting were decorated, be- though. But he's getting booed before that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. He was. People just hated that fucking guy, and I never really got it. I mean, they hated him to the point that there's a term called X-Pac heat. Right, and X-Pac equals piss break. I've heard that one, too. Yeah, oh, that was Benoit for me. Okay, gotcha. And yeah. you, But you know what? I was not a big X-Pac person over the years, and now that I've gone back and watched some of his matches, I'm like, why wasn't I an X-Pac person? He always delivered, dude. He had great mm-hmm. fucking matches. Yeah, he never had a bad match. What an aerial no. fighter. Yeah. He was so fucking yeah. good in the ring, dude, and this match was no exception. So right. now I'm like, I'm kicking my own ass for not paying more attention to X-Pac back in the day. Shame yeah. on me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, super fast match, like you expect. Um, X-Pac gets a sleeper and slows things down. Um, then Kid, Kid, uh, Kidman does one on X-Pac. X-Pac suplexes him, and then he misses a senton. Nobody really ever, it's kind of a lot of, like that, like nobody ever really com- controls the match for very long. It's very cruiserweight. Um, it's a match that would work. You know, th- the styles have changed now. Um, it's a match that would work fine now. You know, nobody would. It would fit right in with the super fast paced stuff yeah. that goes on now. Yeah, it was a good back and forth. Yeah. Um, Kidman comes off the top rope and takes an X factor, and he somehow kicks out a two. That was a fucking sweet move, dude. Wasn't that a good spot? That you was talk super about cool. like RKOs out of the air. That mm-hmm. was phenomenal, dude. I yeah. love that spot. That was really cool. Yeah. And then um, X Pac goes for a Bronco Buster and gets a dick kick. And at this point, the crowd is completely on Kidman's right side. To the oh, 100%. Like, yeah. they, that, that was the biggest pop of the night up to this point, I think. Yep. And what, the crowd chant or the hit to the nutsack? The hit to the nutsack. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, that was a vicious one, too. It, it was. was. Yeah, I mean, extension you of the like, leg right to their testicles. Ooh. And that's that's the kind of move, like, I don't know how you even do that. How do you learn to take a kick to the dick? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Can you do that again in an Oklahoma accent? <laughs> how do you learn to take a kick to the dick? <laughs> <laughs> well done. Thank you. <laughs> I was on the spot. Um, he hits shooting so star press for the pin. So he takes the, di- he takes the dick kick. Yeah, exactly. Kidman hits a shooting star. One, two, three. Boom. WCW's on the board. And it was kind of surprising. You're like, okay, Kidman gets the first win for WCW. That's notable. That's going to be remembered. Do they mm-hmm. have plans for Kidman? Guess what? They damn sure did. They had That's true. Yeah. on that kid. Yeah. Yeah, they did. He had a pretty good run. I mean, it was he short. Did. He, he didn't have a long... Does he still work there? Is he still an agent? I haven't uh, heard question. his name in any of those, uh, like, the post-WrestleMania layoffs. Hopefully he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he at least was up until then. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think he worked for WWE for, like, close to 20 years. Look what banging Tori so. gets you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it did much more for him than it did for J-Rod a- A-Rod A-Rod sorry J-Rod J-Rod's someone else J- that's a different person uh, uh, like even at the time it did appear that like all WWF had the common goal of we gotta take out the Lions heels returning into faces just everything pro WWF mm-hmm. I guess maybe it was just the character that X-Pac uh, was you could possibly think that even though WWF is turning this way he was still in it for himself so maybe that's why uh, the crowd was booing him 
I think no. the crowd just fucking hated him. They just hated him. All right. Yeah. There was <laughs> legit heat there. Like, they fucking loathed X-Pac. Yeah. They just did not like that fucking guy. No. Anywhere. <laughs> and they hadn't even Oof. seen the porn with China yet. You know what I mean? They didn't even have a reason, <laughs> they didn't even have a reason to hate him yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Much less the sequel. Yeah. <laughs> All right. DDP shows up, celebrates with the with the owners, blah blah blah. Tori and Stacy have seductive talk, and it was weird. Yeah, they're talking about how hot they are. Yeah, like Tori's talking about her tits, Stacy's talking about her ass, and I'm like, wow, this is fucking. Yeah, it, this is these are entertain- These are entertainers right here. <laughs> yeah, I could barely finish to that. I did, but I barely did. <laughs> <laughs> you had to work hard at it. I really did, man. It took yeah, effort. You, yeah, the Potter twins would have would have been uh would have helped. Reference number two. Okay. <laughs> you know, you know the the rules for running gags. Next match is Raven versus William Regal. This feels like the first match of opposites, not counterparts. Yeah, this is a mm-hmm. weird match, right? Yeah, it really Regal. is. Dude. Sophisticated match. Sophisticated guy. Uh, like, even though he's brutal, it's because he knows technique versus yeah. Raven. Like, maybe dirty tactics, but more brutal and effective. I don't know. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, I thought it was a really odd matchup. Um, it was a strange pairing for sure. Yeah, Regal's whipping Raven's ass to start, and he goes for three quick pins, which is very Regal. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yes, very like, much. He has so. a, he has such a cool, unique, and he's style, also doing you know? it like uh, with the forearm to the face during forearm the pin to the face. Yeah, you don't think right, about which that. Is also, how effective is that? I mean, even if it, even if you don't get the win, that's really gonna piss you off if that keeps happening. Well, that's yes. one of those things too, where it's like maybe Regal Regal knows he's not going to get the pin. That's why he goes for three of them, but it's going to hurt him, and it's going to make him waste energy kicking out. You know what I mean? Yes. That kind mm-hmm. of thing. Like he's wearing him down with those pins more than he's trying to go for an actual win. Well, and to Raven's credit too, after those three consecutive pin attempts, he kind of sold it. Like he mm-hmm. looked tired trying to kick out of all three of those. He did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jr. says Raven dresses like a bum, which recently Adam said Raven dresses like a schmuck. And apparently, I don't know how to dress. <laughs> <laughs> At least back in 2001, you didn't. I still, I mean, apart from, I never had the tide, the flannel tied around my waist, but apart from that, I still dress like fucking Raven. <laughs> <laughs> you look fine. You wear the Drunk Wrestling History t-shirt. That's true. Get one as long at whatamaneuver.com. You're excused. <laughs> um, once Raven takes over, he dominates the match. Regal like keeps almost making comebacks, but getting caught up, uh, cut off. Um, but then he starts doing. He kind of makes a comeback. He starts doing the the cool British shit, which is just like kind of joint manipulation and like it's that style that he has. You know that the, a lot of those British guys like um, fuck. What's the skinny fuck's name from England? Um, Gallagher, Osprey. No, Walter. No, no, Walter. He's from <laughs> Austria. No, um, the dude who was in the... Um, Osprey? I think he was in the... Um, no, 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 not Osprey. Oh, Zack Sabre? Sabre, right, right. Sabre, like a lot of counters and a lot of just like manipulating your body. William Regal can put you where he wants you to be, that kind of thing. Yeah, right. I had any, that. Any, it was like he had that spin like move to counter and reapply a new pinfall. I thought exactly. that was pretty cool. Yeah. Right. Just ask Goldberg about getting manhandled by Stephen Ray. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Bitch. <laughs> Am I right, Mr. Goldberg? 
Um, Raymond ends up outside of the ring, and for some reason, the damn ref goes out after him to get him back in the ring instead of so, just counting. Yeah, right? that's where you knew it was going to get sideways. Yeah, and I always hate when they. I hate when there's inconsistency with the refs. It, yeah, know, they're making it blatant sense. at that point. You're like, God damn it, you're setting it up. Right. So Taz runs in and suplexes Regal. Yeah. That could have been a ref bump. You know what I mean? A ref bump would have yes. made more sense. Even a ref totally. like just getting like a ref getting like a minor bump, like a thumb to the eye somehow or something like that. You know, where he's momentarily distracted. But for him to get out and talk to, you know, Raven to get him back in the ring was just stupid. That was dumb. I totally agree with you, dude. A ref bump would have been way more effective here. Yeah, yeah. I really did not like that. Um so Taz hits a suplex on Regal, fucks him up good. Raven gets back one, two, three, and that's it for that match. And what's the score? Uh, right now, it's three to two if you're not counting the pre-show. Okay, three to two. So this when did they stop calling the DDT the even flow and start calling it the Raven effect? Because at one point it was called the remember. even flow. But I'm guessing yeah. because of the song title, they couldn't call it that. So at some point it became the Raven effect. No, that's no. there's no way it's because of that. Because um, um, Damian Priest was doing the um, fade to black. Right, what's okay. it called? Fade to Black. That's a Metallica song. Then he was. Then he, I think he changed it to South of Heaven, or maybe it was South of Heaven first, which is Slayer song. Slayer song. So okay. I don't know no, why they changed I don't the think, name then. Yeah, I don't know why they changed the name, but it can't be to do with fucking. I don't think Pearl Jam was watching Raw and like, you know, dude. In two thousand one, everybody was watching Raw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe Eddie Vedder's watching it on the tour bus and shit. <laughs> Actually, yeah, there's no way there's no way Eddie Vedder was watching it. That guy is no fucking fun. True. You know what I mean? I've heard him in interviews. I've read his lyrics. There's the, the, nothing fun is happening in that guy's life. Right. He was taking a bath eating tofu. <laughs> drinking fucking tepid water. Uh, right. Uh. <laughs> eating a pear. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like Pearl Jam, but come on. Uh, Kane, Taker, and... They're not exactly warrant. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, they're not a party band. <laughs> you know warrant. what I mean? Like when you're hanging out drinking, like the last thing, you know, you're hanging out drinking at a party. The last thing you want to do is listen to fucking Pearl Jam. Good point. I'd yeah. way rather listen to Cherry Pie. Right, exactly. Or you could poison or fucking anything besides Pearl Jam. Right. That's depressing shit, dude. Yeah. Put on Millionaires. All right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, if we have any Pearl Jam fans out there, Deal with uh, it. I, I don't apologize. <laughs> They're a good band. I love their first album, actually. Kane Taker and Sarah are backstage. Vince uh, is trying to hype them up by bringing up how DDP harassed Sarah. Because that's how you want to hype them up. Piss, he, piss he off. He abducted her, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Taker chokes him to shut him up. And when they leave, Vince smiles. Which only shows that... He liked being choked. He is into autoerotic asphyxiation. <laughs> Slip three million, three million to Taker's pocket. Damn. <laughs> do you think? Do you think that he had the paralegal choke him in front of that dinosaur? <laughs> I still say he finished on the Andre statue. Oh shit! I mean, I hope he, you know. You know, the first thing I thought when this came out was I was like, I because I went to Titan Tower and I think it was like a Sunday, and I was like, I wonder if he was fucking her then while I was there because this was last October. While oh. I was still going on, I was like, he might have been in the, he might have been in uh, on his, on that desk of his in front of the dinosaur fucking that chick, giving whole new meaning to the terms hanging and banging, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. 
Uh, <laughs> if I'm going to pay three mil, damn it, it's going to be worth it. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're doing it against the dinosaur. <laughs> Talk about. I'm going to fill in dusty splotch. Watch this. <laughs> Talk about boning. All right. So the next match is uh, Big Show, uh, Billy Gunn, and the Intercontinental Champion Albert versus Sean Stasiak, Hugh Morris, and Chris Canyon. I forgot Albert was IC champion. I did too, till right now. I actually didn't even catch it when I watched the match. Yeah, he came out with the title. I'm like, wait, they didn't have anybody else to put that on? <laughs> the best they have is Albert. Like, I would have rather seen that shit on Earl Hebner. Like, they put that shit on Albert? <laughs> By the I way, don't... Albert Albert would have made a great segue into a Manscaped ad. It would have. <laughs> but we're not doing that. No, we're not. Wait till we get to Los Periquas. <laughs> I totally forgot that, too. Yeah. Uh, this and early on, I mean, he hadn't been there very long at that point. No, he hadn't. Yeah. He hadn't. Yeah. This is the uh, first. Did you notice the team? Oh, oh, go ahead, Adam. This sorry. is the first match officiated by WCW ref, Little Nate. Good oh, good catch. Yep. Did you notice the theme for Team WCW? Did you mean the music? Yes. Oh. It was Mr. Perfect's music. What the fuck was that? It was like a takeoff of Mr. Perfect's music. It wasn't exactly, but I'm wondering, did they use that theme in WCW for Sean Stasiak? Because, you know, he beat Mr. Perfect in WCW. I'm under the impression that WWE owns that music. Okay, so even like so a, maybe they just dubbed a it version in. Could, of it. I could look it up and see if uh, Jim Johnstone wrote that song. But, I mean, that's always been what I've assumed. But, I, I mean, I'd okay. have to look it up. Um, Adam, okay. you can fact check this if you want. Um, see who wrote the song. Um, but Or was that his music when he was meet in WWF? I, I mean, that's a weird song for a dude called Meat. Well, and no, it totally is, but if they're trying to draw comparisons... Yeah, Meat Sandwich would be a better song for a uh, guy named Meat. Thank you. It totally <laughs> would have been better. And that's our... Dude, I've had like five ideas for outro songs already. I think I'm going with Meat Sandwich. Go with Meat Sandwich. It's fantastic. Um, yeah, Our I don't know. I was, meat. I was wondering if it was kind of a fuck you to Kurt Henning. But he came back a couple years later. He like did. He, was there yeah, but he didn't come back then. I don't know. I don't know what that was about. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. Um, so the match just starts out like, boom, they jump the, I don't remember if they jumped the bell, but they all, all six of them start in the ring. And it was actually a pretty cool start. All three heels took a gorilla slam. Um, yeah, that was good. Beginning. That was, that was pretty start. cool. That was yeah. cool. Yeah. It was a bunch of big dudes in this match. You know what I mean? Big Show's huge. Albert's huge. And it looked um, great in the ring too. That's the way to start the match is you got the three giant guys holding mm -hmm. the three smaller guys straight up in the air. It looked good. And even Billy Gunn's fucking huge. He's like six five yes. or something. Yeah. Um, so we start with Canyon and Ass, starting Adam showing me, um, oh, Ernest Gold seems to have written the Mr. Perfect song. So maybe... Um, so it could have been used in WCW. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe okay. that's why. Yeah. Um, Canyon and Ass start the match out, and they go pretty quickly into that bridge where they bridge out of a pin. Yes. Which those are two big fucking dudes to do that. Like, that's the kind of thing, like, the Rockers used to do that, you know? And, dude, how good is Canyon? Canyon was great. Ooh, Canyon's really than underrated. Canyon. He's super underrated. Yeah. Yeah. I know we've discussed Arn Anderson. We discussed mm -hmm. him on the Starcade 86 episode. Yeah. I would like to add Canyon to that list as well. Highly underappreciated, underrated. Mm hmm. Totally. Um, what are they chanting with Stasiak gets in? Could you tell? Meat. Oh, meat. Okay, I couldn't tell. I, I don't know. I, I thought maybe they're chanting idiot because <laughs> as we discussed in the previous episode, he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> he, 
And since we're recording the previous episode after this, I don't know if you know what I'm referring to. Uh, no, actually, okay. I don't. I, cool. I know, I know what you're referring. I'm okay. I'm ninety percent sure I know what you're referring. He was a to. fucking idiot. But yes, <laughs> very idiotic. Thing. Um, Albert gets tagged in, and the match goes crazy. I think Big Show ended up in the crowd, but it was kind of hard to see. You know, it was just like chaos. Um, there was a part where, yeah, I think like Albert's in the ring. Big Show did something in the corner, and crowd went banana. But we didn't see what it was. Yeah, and there's right. no replay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Great camera um, work, guys. Finish was a little goofy. Hugh Morris goes for his finish, but Stasiak comes from behind and hits an inverted DDT on Billy Gunn. And then Hugh Morris gets the pin where you're sort of like, are they setting up heat between Hugh Morris and Stasiak? Because that was kind of weird. Yeah, because Stasiak realistically should have gotten that pin. Yeah, right. Kind of weird the way they did it. You're right. Yeah, so Hugh Morris gets the pin and then Big Show and Albert destroy the heels after. So the WCW guys get a lucky win, but then they get their asses kicked Mm -hmm. after. Yeah, get laid out, but we're tied now. It was a better match. I thought my first note on it was like, this should be a fine mess. I thought the match was kind of going to suck, but it was pretty good, actually. It was. It told a good story between like the big guys versus the smaller guys. It actually had the smaller guys come out on top. And the smaller guys weren't even small. Like, Stasiak was the smallest guy in that. Yeah, true. He matched up more with like Billy Gunn. Right. Yeah, but those guys were probably, Billy Gunn was probably 260, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. I liked it. I thought it was a cool match. It was much better than I expected it to be. But also, just with Big Show and Albert being there, it dawned on me, wait a minute, uh, WCW didn't have any, like, super heavyweights that came and joined them. So. Uh, not right away, no. That's no. That's true. Yeah. Also, uh, like, after uh, Albert hit the Baldo bomb, uh, Hugh Morris was right there. Uh, j- like, you knew that the uh, three count was going to be broken up. He's like three feet away from the pinfall. He literally jumps over uh, Albert and uh, Stasiak. I just thought, how do you miss? But he did. It was very humorous. Ah! (laughs) Oh, dear. Good lord. God damn. All right, all right. That's enough of this. That that, that was a good one, I'll admit. Yeah, moving on. Uh, Shane's backstage with Booker T., because they're BFFs. Uh, and then Regal finds Tajiri inspecting his pens. Weird. <laughs> yeah. Tajiri yeah, lurking, true. as usual. Yeah, Tajiri was always lurking. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait. Actually, pens would uh, totally... He ma- should have gotten the rapist gimmick. Mm. Oh, oh, that's right. But uh, That's a good call, dude. That's very more true. Sense DDP. Yeah. Ugh. But it's just dawned on me. I kind of understand maybe I yeah I think I know why he was looking at pens and we'll get into that Uh, the next match is Taz versus Tajiri Uh, someone is holding a sign that says meet me at the nacho cart either looking for someone to hook up or was that you was that you Adam it's it's possible (laughs) that was what I thought when I saw it I was like that was fucking Adam was there he never told me he was there yeah at the Gund Arena in Cleveland. I, I just wanted company uh, while re-cheesing my nachos. Re-cheesing. <laughs> re-cheese. <laughs> um, Cole talks about Taz drinking the Kool-Aid at the beginning of the match because Taz was a WWE guy who oh. joined the Alliance. Oh, that's a terrible that reference. Was, well, that was a great reference because, I mean, obviously this is comparable to a mass suicide. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> Jesus. This is probably like JR saying, hey, hey. 
My, Michael, you, you need to be more edgy with your commentary. All right, he drank the Kool-Aid. What the hell did you just say? <laughs> yeah, that Kool-Aid reference has always been bizarre to me. Like, people say that. Ooh. like, And I'm like, dude, do you know what that's a reference? Yeah, do you know what that's about? Do you know where the, yeah, do you know where that came from? Like, <laughs> yeah, it was like children drinking Kool-Aid that killed them. Like, ugh. But it's become such a part of the lexicon. I think a lot of people have no idea what it is. You know? You're right. I think you're right, dude. Yeah, and it was so long ago. It was 40-something years ago. Yeah, yeah, that's But true. it's still just, it's bizarre whenever you hear it. Uh, Tim White is our ref in this match. The great Tim White. The great Tim Eddie's White. I'm having a sip of, uh, Tim White. I'm having a sip of uh, Huckleberry beer it, form. I'm pro- I will join you in a sip. Probably, like, for forever, now on this point, I'm always going to say Eddie's friend, Tim White. Because you and I'm always gonna have a really did approach each other like, oh, these guys know each other. Oh, wait a second, I recognize him. That's Tim White. Yeah. <laughs> They're tag team partners. Yeah. Um, so Jerry starts starts out hot, um, like he's on fire, but then Taz hits a suplex and stomps his head hella hard. Did that look like a stiff stomp to the head? It did. Or is Taz That's just a- that good? No, it did look stiff, dude. But these guys knew each other from ECW. I wonder if there was some lingering shit between them, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, and I wondered why Tajiri wasn't part of the alliance. Right. Was he the only... He might have been the only... Well, I guess Jericho... Jericho had been in the alliance, I guess. Or been in ECW and WCW. Right. Tajiri's one of the very few. X-Pac, too, had also been in WCW. Oh. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um... Tajiri starts doing those strikes on Taz, and it looks like um, button mashing in Street Fighter. He's so fast. I love when he does that, dude. The fucking hit, the he punches, and the kicks. So it's like boom, boom, boom. Just fucks yep. him up. Um, but Taz takes him down, and Taz is such a fucking... He was so good. He was better as like a... Um, how, do you, how do you explain this? Psychology-wise, I think he was even better than he was as far as his moves go, because he just came off as such a fucking dick in the yeah. ring. Yeah, you know, he, he had did. this great mean streak. He gets on top of Tajiri cross-facing him, and he's yeah. just roughing him up, just fucking him up. Like, he's just like, I'm not really interested in pinning you right now or winning this match. I just want to hurt you badly. His like, facial a, expressions sold it really well, too. Yeah, just an asshole. Like, he was yeah. really believable as just like a dick fucking guy. Yeah, like, he didn't have the size going for him in the WWE or WWF. But, but what he had, he you're right, and he was like that. Big time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. his move set. He had the skills in the ring, his look on his face, the way he moved in the ring, the way he pummeled guys, the way he hit his moves. He had it, dude. He was so good in the ring. But the one thing that he lacked, and I think this ultimately hurt his WWF career, was his size. His size. He was too short. If he was bigger, I think Taz would have been a huge fucking deal in the WWF. Yeah, yeah. He should have gotten some of those lifts in his boots like Kane had. Right, right. Give him another three to six inches. Yeah, would maybe yeah. would have helped. Or stilts. Right. Why not? Texas Tornado wrestled with a fake foot. I mean, probably Taz could put on some long pants and stilts. (laughs) 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 And then everybody would think that uh, his pants were up to his nips. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, Tajiri goes for it. What what was the thing where I, I, my notes are not clear. Where Tajiri goes for like the thing where he, does he pull Taz up from the from the mat in the corner with the Taz's tarantula. hands on the ropes? No, not the, before the tarantula where Taz hits an Alabama slam. Okay. Do you know what I'm talking about? I I think what, so. Before that. Okay. Well, whatever. He hit a really cool Alabama slam, which is just a motherfucker move. Right. Uh, no, it's a this, badass move, dude. But then Tajiri turns it around with a tarantula, and um, 
he they come out of it because it's you know five count he goes for the kicks and he gets caught with the suplex that suplex where taz has your leg above his neck you know what i mean yes the t-bone yeah. tazplex T- yeah t-bone tazplex yeah and then um taz ends up pushing the referee out of his way just because he's being he's being a dick taz. He's playing, yeah he's being he's a taz. heel yeah and he gets uh the green mist in the face and gets pinned by tajiri yeah this match actually was ruled mostly by taz mm-hmm so Tajiri was really playing kind of the underdog here. And I thought this match was great. I loved it. It was a really good match. Tajiri got the win, but Taz came out of it looking better. He really did. And kind of like you said earlier about um, Kidman, like if they have plans for anyone, it's Taz, not Tajiri. Right. But you have the um, you have the uh, over the, the long, uh, long-term storyline throughout the pay-per-view of who's, who's winning, you know, match per match. Right, exactly. So I think that's the only reason that Tajiri won is just to get because at this point WWE's five and five. It's five to four WWE. Uh, after this match, it's four to three WWF. A oh, four to three. I'm ahead one. Yeah. So that's. I think that's the only reason Tajiri won is just to keep keep the lead for WWE. Right. 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 Yeah. Also, uh, I think that's why he was looking at the pens, wanting to see what ink he could get. Oh, there but, you go. He settled on. Green. Oh. So he's back there breaking sharpies in his mouth. Yeah, I mean, how how else are you gonna throw your body around and uh, do those awesome aerials where, uh, like, you do uh, bounce off the ropes uh, off of your hands and then propel yourself to an elbow backwards? That, that makes sense. so badass. Makes sense. Yeah. All right. All right. You have to be a little nuts to do that. Uh, party boys are backstage. RVD appears out of nowhere with full stride, hits him in the back of the chair. I want to say that's probably the most heelish thing that RVD did during uh, this invasion run. That was awesome. Matt probably, yeah. Like, what? Yeah, full wind-up. Oh, bam! Oh, shit, he's here! And Yeah, and Jeff would have protected Matt, but I think he was digging through the road cases looking for Fireball. Mm. So he was distracted. <laughs> yeah. Damn, man. Yeah. Yeah, it was too bad. Uh... <laughs> They cut to WWF New York. Bob Holly is signing autographs <laughs> and uh, rips some kids uh, wearing a WCW shirt, rips it off and throws them out. And I was hoping he was going to put that cunt through the table. With an, al- right. with an Alabama right. slam. With an Alabama slam, exactly. If you're going to take an assault charge, make it worth it, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rip his shirt and then fucking put him through the table. <laughs> The next match is the only championship match of the night for the WWF Hardcore Championship. Rob Van Dam versus the champion Jeff Hardy. Crowd is split in this one. They really yeah, are. Because they're yeah. chanting RVD. And the crowd hated the alliance, but RVD was so fucking cool yeah. that they didn't yeah. hate him. Right, right. He tried so hard to be a heel. Mm-hmm. He had... Everything heel going for him. He attacked Matt Hardy before the match. He's a cocky prick, but the guy hits all of his moves. He's entertaining. He's high flying. Of course, the crowd's going to love this guy. Well, that's the thing with RVD. I don't know if he knew how to wrestle like a heel. But he tried. Did he? I mean, he was doing all the all the high flying shit, which is the stuff that heel doesn't do. Right, but he was trying to pair that with being a heel. Unfortunately, I think you're right that high flyers huh. just can't be heels. Right, but I mean, you could there have become to be not a some high fl- heels when you turn heel. Drop some of the, you could drop some of the high flying, or even like tease a high flying move. You know what I mean? Like like Brian Pillman did. Brian Pillman was a high flyer, became a heel. He kind of grounded that shit a little bit. 
Right, right. Like he could do like, you know, he does the uh, split like a moonsault, grab the ropes, grab the ropes in the corner and tease that and then turn around and kick the guy in the head. Right. So there's things he could have done, but maybe that just, it's not in his skill set. I mean, that's in my skill set. (laughs) Right. But maybe he just never thought through enough to like, okay, this is how I'm going to be a heel. And nobody was, and nobody was coaching him. Right, because remember, there was no performance center back in the day, so none right. of these guys went through that shit to learn the quote-unquote WWF style. Yeah. So they just kept doing what they were doing, and there was no way RVD was getting booed. Right. I mean, that would be the only way is to be to stop doing all that really cool stuff, because how do you boo a guy like that? And like that might have been a thing where someone could have had a talk with him. Like, Patterson could go talk to him, you know? Right. But whatever. Right. It You know what, though? It's it's cool because we ended up with a great fucking match because of it. I love this match. I did, this, too. They, this is they my, really did steal this, the show. This Agreed. is the RVD. Yes. Yeah, it did. Oh, I don't know, because I love the main event. Um, But this is the RVD that I love. This is the RVD I'm a fan of. We've talked a lot of shit about RVD on the ECW pay-per-views, especially right. me. Yeah, especially and his match against Sabu. It was garbage. Especially his match against Sabu that I skipped. Right. Um, but this is why I liked RVD so much, because of matches like this, where he does his cool stuff, but he reins it in. He doesn't just do one. It's not big move after big move after big move. You know what I mean? He's, he he's knew, always he going to slow do down. Like his pro- Make sure it's effective. Land a few punches, wear the guy down so that you can position him in the right place for the next cool move. What, yeah, after you hit exactly. that, repeat the process. And, yeah. and at this point, he'd been in WWE for a while. For what, a year or so? Two? About that, yeah. Yeah, about a year. So I think they kind of reined him in. Um, I don't know, maybe Jeff was leading the match. Probably not because RVD was the veteran. But it's it was really good. It was the best of RVD without all the fucking nonsense. Right. I agree with you, dude. It was a great match. I yeah. Loved it. Yeah. Um, they end up outside. Jeff runs the barricade and RVD jumps up to intercept him. I have no idea what kind of move they were going for, but they just smashed into each other and fell into the crowd. Yeah. And even in that, it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was a fuck up maybe, but it worked. It worked. Yeah. Because I mean, you would fuck that up. Right. Um, RVD does a moonsault off like a really narrow rail at the back of, so the arena is like a... I don't know what they use that arena for. Cleveland? Is that the... That'd be where the Cavs play. Okay, where the Cavs play. So at the edge of the actual court, you know, when you get to the 100 level, right in front of the railing on the 100 level, RVD does a a moonsault off of that, which was really cool. And you don't have have, uh, much room for error there. You have to get the right arc. You go too high, your feet are getting cocked, and and he's going right back down. Right, and it's not like doing a springboard off of a rope. There's no spring to the, you know, to the, to the concrete mm-hmm. they get back in the ring and jeff hits a sunset flip to the floor on rvd which they usually only tease you very rarely i've only seen that move actually happen a couple times right because that's a fucking that's a violent move you know you can really fuck a guy up with that yeah it looks gnarly when it happens too it does yeah and then jeff finds a ladder michael cole says it's 20 feet tall which next to Jeff, that would make Jeff 10 feet tall. I had no, I had no idea Jeff Hardy was 10 feet tall. Jeffrey the Giant. <laughs> um, no wonder so he he's always up calling the, for ladder matches. All right. no <laughs> so he, he goes up the 20-foot ladder, and in the time it takes him to do that, RVD gets in the ring, and he pushes it over into the aisle. Jeff lands on his feet, and that's where the famous quote from JR comes. How do you learn to fall off a 20-foot ladder? Exactly. We've all heard it 100,000 fucking times, and I totally forgot it was from this. Yep, that's in this pay-per-view. 
Mm-hmm. I hella laughed when I heard it too. I was like, oh my God, there's that line. Yeah, totally. So Jeff's up on the ramp, like kind of under the ladder. RVD comes up at him with a chair and Jeff, did Jeff potato him with the ladder? I think he did. Yeah. Like he pushed it. He like, um, kind of like kicking out of a pin on the ladder. Yeah. Shoots it into, into RVD's face and RVD looked like it hit him in the face. Like for, for real. Yes, he did. Yeah. He got RV, he got Jeff Hardy back though. Um, with the, uh, the kick into the pit. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So Jeff has a chair and, um, RVD does like that spin kick to it and there's a the stage is built with a pit in the center of it like a diamond shaped pit right like how Metallica used to have the snake pit in the middle yep. of the stage it's like that's that exactly Jeff. what it was yeah yeah I never even noticed that goddamn pit until right now hmm it, it worked out well hmm. in this pay per view it almost claimed Trish it what almost it claimed all, yeah. Trish yeah it did we'll get to that in, okay in the, in the I, next match yeah okay I missed whatever you're talking about so Jeff falls into the pit in the middle of the stage. And um, yeah, I just, I hadn't even noticed it was there. And I'm not sure they ever had that before. It's kind of like no. they built it for this show. It's the only time I remember me seeing it. Yeah, Jeff and RVD were like, we're using that fucking pit. Oh yeah. Yep. So Jeff's bleeding from the uh, from the chair, I assume. Yeah, first person on the show to get color. Mm-hmm. And um, of, they get back in. Jeff ends up missing a swanton. RVD takes the hardcore title and lays it across Jeff. Hits him in the chest and, where it climbs. Yeah. And hits the five-star frog splash with, for the win. With said belt on his chest. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And Game RVD over. gets the win. Yep. And RVD my favorite wins. part of this match was there was no Bill Alfonso. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> that was a good call to not include him with RVD. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to say if Alfa- Bill Alfonso showed up, WCW would have kicked his ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. And we're 4-4. Four 4-4. Four. Four four. Not including the heat match. Not including the heat match. Vincent Curter <laughs> backstage. A little more hype up. And then there's a montage of uh, like lead-in Trish arrivals since uh, Trish kissed Jeff. And then Stacy and Tori brag about how much they're how they're more beautiful and more athletic, and they're going to prove how more athletic they are in a bra and panties match. Yeah, and every chick every chick wants to fuck the Hardys, <laughs> which is just like real life in two thousand one. Right, <laughs> glorified rats. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm looking at these four chicks and the Hardys. I'm like, this is actually kind of cool. I mean, there's one too many dicks in this orgy, but. It's not bad. (laughs) And yeah, that is our next match. This is the first ever tag team bra and panties match. Oh. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Tori Wilson and Stacey Keebler versus Lita and Trish Stratus. Mick Foley is your referee. Really quick. Sorry. No, sorry. Sorry. What's that? Sorry. Nothing, nothing, nothing going on over here. Were you taking down your pants? Is that what uh, that no, was? I'm not, I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> I'm glad to see you're going the same direction I'm going with this match. Uh, <laughs> I just yeah, well, want to direction- point out, we are now 100 plus episodes in. This is our first <laughs> bra and panties match. Yeah. yeah. On this goddamn yeah. podcast. I'm so we happy we are where we are today with women's wrestling. And not stuck in 2001 with this bullshit. 
Right, right, yeah. Or at least in this match, that f- where three fourths of the competitors are Hall of Famers. Wow. R- Wait, who's you're right, and, and the ref. Wait, is it Tori or is it Stacy? Tori. Stacy's in. No, Tori's in. Tori's in. Stacy's out. Oh, Stacy's not in. Stacy's not in yet. Yeah. I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right, it. but it's actually four fifths if you count McFoley. That's true. Good point. That's yeah. that's true. Yeah. Wow. That's I didn't even think about that. That's crazy. I don't have much so, to say about. So this match. we're setting the bar um, high for well, our first bra and panties match. <laughs> well, the first thing I have to say about this match is go WCW. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so this is what Mick was teasing he was going to be part of later. And it's kind of funny that he's doing a Braun Panties match because 21 years later, his daughter is doing solo Braun Panties matches on, Only, on OnlyFans. <laughs> he must be so proud. <laughs> uh, JR said that they studied old Briscoe's and Funk's Braun Panties matches. Shit. <laughs> and I kind of just wrote, honestly, my next note after that is how do you even take notes on this match? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, it's not even a match. It's just not. They actually did some. Lita and Trish did some actual wrestling. You know, Lita did like a leg scissors, I think, well, and shit like that. This was the example of uh, like, okay, now there's a mix of uh, fight your counterpart from the alliance. This was like like the Regal versus uh, Raven match. Fight your opposites. Lita and Trish have made very distinct strides to be women's wrestlers. Right. So, and... Tori and Stacey have not. Not. Right. Obviously. Right. Yeah. yeah. Not saying that um, Tori, Tori and Stacey, or Tori more than Stacey, Tori would uh, work her ass off and become a wrestler, just it wasn't it, part of the invasion, or this invasion pay-per-view. Yeah. She was kind of a wrestler. Yeah. Um, I mean... Just to run through this really quickly, because it's not even a match. Trish has Tori in a sunset flip type pin, and she pulls her pants off, and the crowd goes banana. Uh, <laughs> dude, who was it? Michael Cole or uh, yeah, I, somebody was like, "That's my favorite reversal of a pin ever." Oh yeah, Michael Cole finished under the fucking desk. Oh, right dude, at least but. twice. Right, right, yeah. Like I, I, I feel bad for the fucking crew that had to wreck that table out. Right. Well, actually, got destroyed in the next match. So. Oh yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> so then I bet I lifting it from the floor was an issue then. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, this thing uh, stuck to the mat. <laughs> Lita hits a moonsault on Stacy, takes her pants off, and that's the end of the match. The WWE chicks. Win. Jr. says, "If you want to be a winner, take Stacy's pants." Hmm. <laughs> and Foley did nothing. Like you know what I mean? He was just there, and I actually, I seriously wondered, was this a rib on Mick Foley? Hmm. You know what I mean? Did they do this just to fuck? It's a joke. Was this like some Vince fucking idea? Like, ha ha, throw Foley in there as a referee. Damn it. Maybe. You know, it just seemed Maybe, like. Maybe like throw the slob in there with these four beautiful women. Like, Well, no, not the slob, but Mick Foley's like definitely not that guy. You know what I mean? Like, can you imagine Mick Foley in a strip club? Oh, you know, God. if there's one dude who's going to be kind of uncomfortable refereeing a match like this, it would be yeah. Mick Foley. Yeah, so I wonder true. if it was. Yeah, I wonder if it was a rib on Foley because it was because there was no reason for it. You know, what I mean, he didn't do anything. He was no part of the match. It could have been any referee. Even at the end of the match, yeah, there are lines. He could have taken his uh, referee uh, jacket off. Like, here, just take it. Go backstage. That's cool. Yeah, 
Yeah. It's also weird the cock sock didn't make an appearance during this match. Oh, thank <laughs> God. <laughs> Can you imagine that getting rammed oh, down Stacy's throat or something? Oh, the jokes that would fly. Torrin Stacy is stripped out. Foley's reaching out his pants. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Foley's <Yeah>. baby boy. <laughs> Mrs. Foley's baby's baby's boy. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> the jokes write themselves, folks. Yeah, they do. Yeah. All right. All right, let's get into the We main got event. some alliance pep pep talk. This is still the time when uh I keep saying Steph was cute, then she got feisty. Here, she's still cute. But she's... She was yes. cute, then she got hot? Yeah. Okay. There is a difference. There is a difference. Between cute and hot? Or, yes, there is. Well, yeah, there was the Olsen twins in 96, and there's the Olsen twins in 98. <laughs> Bingo, no, you got no, it. No, more of like when she was the women's champion, her wrestling quality then and her character and her characteristics then... That was cute. Then when she became SmackDown general manager, ready to rip Bischoff's uh, uh, spine out of his throat and shove it back up his ass and beat his ass down for it, that was feisty wow. stuff. Right, Steph wanting to shove yeah. something up someone's ass. That's hot. Yeah. See, yeah. now you understand. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. But Thank you, Adam. She's still, she's still <laughs> cute in this one during her pep talk. Austin and Vince are backstage. Austin says... He'll kick ass, because that's what Austin does. The montage builds up for the war that is about to happen. Uh, this is the inaugural brawl. One pinfall to victory. Team Alliance, Booker T, the WCW and US champion, DDP, Rhino, and the Dudley Boys, taking on Undertaker, Kane, Chris Jericho, Kurt Angle, and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Six Hall of Famers in this match. Wow, you're right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Damn. Yeah, and... I mean... There's going to be eight. I mean, I, I think. I think there's going to be eight. There's going to be at least nine. Or, I mean, seven. Wait, hold on. Am wait, I counting who are this the right? Six? Wait, the Dudleys are two. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. No, more. Yeah, the Dudleys hold are on. two. Bo Booker T, DDP, Dud Dudleys, Undertaker, Kane, Angle... Austin, eight. My bad. So we're waiting on Jericho, Kane. Wait. No, Kane's, um, in, Kane's in. Oh, Kane's in. We're waiting on Jericho and Rhino. Yeah, yeah and I DDP. would say Rhino's the only so, one not making yeah. it in. Or Je DDP is in, right? DDP's, DDP's in. DDP's in. Jericho, okay, we're, we're just waiting, waiting on for Jericho the right spot. Rhino's going to keep waiting. So, yeah. All right. How He's great was this bitch fuck with big legs. <laughs> he does have big legs. Um, how great was this video package, dude? Okay, so you you were very specific. Like, watch the video package. Yeah, don't pee during it. No, 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 no. I thought it was good. I thought it was good. They really built up to that. Okay, we're getting the old Steve Austin back. Like, they show him wrestling with his decision in the bar. Like, he breaks a pool cue. He doesn't finish his the, beer. And the Blassie promo. Okay, I got you. I Okay, yes. No, it was fantastic. Undertaker, like, it, there's, it goes, there's uh, nothing wrong going out there getting your ass kicked. But make sure that you go out there. I, it, I wanted it, it to complimented the opening video package. I wanted to run through well. ten walls just for that line alone. Yeah, yeah. I love this. I love this video package. I would put this right up there with the Austin Rock one at seventeen. 
WWF knows how to put these together to really get you fired up. And I thought it complemented the opening intro really well. Yeah. You were going to war, but then they put this cherry on top of that. Yeah. And you've got the guys speaking to it. And like you said, specifically, Freddie Blassie getting up, like standing up. And yeah. he was in poor health at the time, dude. Like, that was amazing. Well, he had taken a Bubba bomb through a table recently. That's why he was in a wheelchair. Right. Yeah. My favorite thing about Freddie Blassie, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this, is he forgot his second wife's name. <laughs> it was that bad. <laughs> in his second in his second book, he mentioned her very briefly, and he's like, I don't remember her name anymore, but I got married a second time. He didn't bother to research it to put it in his book. He <laughs> right, he's like, I, I don't remember what it was. <laughs> like, how fucking great is that? Like, that's, <laughs> I don't even want to look it up. <laughs> that's a bad motherfucker. He's like, ah, whatever. Fuck. I don't know, some chick. <laughs> or uh, he would have said broad because he was born in the 1800s. He, he would have said broad. You're absolutely right. <laughs> Some broad. Some broad. <laughs> he was I a love Fred plate. fucking Blassie, dude. He's so good. Also, Mike Kyoto and Charles Robinson are the refs. Charles Robinson outside and Kyoto inside. Yeah, he's in the like Muhammad Ali role. Little mm-hmm. Nate. Yeah, Little Nate. Yeah. He moved around a lot faster than Muhammad Ali did at this point. And then uh, <laughs> something interesting that d- <laughs> Blassie moved around more than Muhammad Ali did at this point. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> God damn, it's harsh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> entrances. I I don't think I've ever seen this even for uh, like. Five on five matches, even at Survivor Series or big uh, matches like this with big teams, alternating entrances. Weird, huh? Yeah. That was weird. That was really weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't really get why they did that. That was I thought that was bizarre. I didn't really. It took me a minute to figure it out too because I was like, "Damn, did I miss all the all the Alliance guys?" But then the second whoever was the second one came out, I was like, "Oh no, I didn't miss it. It's just they're alternating." Really bizarre. Yeah, it, I've um, never seen them stagger it like that. At least to the best of my memory, I haven't. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kane coming out to Roland is kind of weird. Yeah, that was strange. Yeah. Um, and Angle coming out not to You Suck Chance was also weird. Yeah, I was singing it in my head, though. <laughs> Me too. So was I. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? yeah. You can't That's not do the... that when you hear that music. Mm-hmm. When you hear uh, so Taker song, uh, you cannot help but hear John Cena sucks. John exactly. Cena sucks. Yes. And then back, That's just Mark then back in the day when uh, it uh, came out. Huh, good tune. Why is my head hurt <laughs> right now? <laughs> <laughs> um, Taker charges DDP on the ramp and a brawl, a brawl breaks out. And then the glass breaks. Austin's last in, is the last entrance. Here comes yeah. Austin. And that was a great way to start it. You know what I mean? You have chaos at the ring. And here comes Stone Cold to fucking make it even worse. And to the disturbed version of his theme song. Which I was not a big fan of. Uh, you know, I grew to appreciate it over the years. I like. I mean, it. it's good. Yeah, it's a good song, but it was like, um, it would have been a good song on one of those CDs they put out, but not. But I didn't not think it was a good it. song for him for his entrance. I remember you know, the. Did, it didn't work. As they much. had that uh, WWF aggression uh, CD, like mm-hmm. all yeah, the rap the music, versions. All the different. They volumes. sounded really yeah. cool, but yeah, they didn't use them. Yeah, and I love Disturbed. I just didn't really like him coming out to this version of it. Okay. I didn't mind it so much. I actually thought it kind of added something to it. Mm. I actually enjoyed it. Yeah. It was cool. But glad that um, he's now identified by his signature theme. So to start this match off hot, we get Austin and Rhino in the ring first, which you wouldn't think Austin would be the first guy in the ring, but he is. And um, 
with he Rhino. immediately dick kicks Rhino, and then yeah, he right does, in the horn, dude. Then he, he and then he does a fucking top rope suplex. Yeah, two fucking Which, superplex. Like what the and, fuck? And Jr. was like, Austin never does this. He never goes to the top rope. We've never seen him do this. And I was like, you did see him do that when he was stunning Steve Austin. Yes. And he might have done that as the ringmaster, but I don't remember him ever doing that as Stone Cold. Not as Stone Cold, no. Yeah. And he gets the two county tags in Jericho. And then basically the whole first like 10 minutes of the match, uh, the WWE team destroys the alliance. Yeah. Yeah. Like Every this time is really looks, lopsided. Yeah. Every time it looks like the alliance is going to do something, the, uh, the baby face team cuts them off. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. It's totally lopsided. Like it is very, they can't do shit to them. They can't, right. they can't get any offense in at all. Yep. Yeah. Um, Booker hits a badass spin kick on Angle, which was really cool. And the heels take over for a minute. But again, Angle tags Kane, and then the faces are killing him again. Um, and eventually, I think the heels turn around when Kane... Kane tosses Devon into the, uh, the rope right next to Bubba, who gets a blind tag. And then Bubba gets in, and then they fuck Kane up. Yeah. Right, they finally turn around, but it's been a good 10, 12 minutes at this point. And goddamn it, Michael Cole, the lifting neck breaker that Team 3D does, or the Dudley Boys do, is not a fucking 3D. I can't tell you how many times he has called that move as a 3D when it's not. Well, wait, what's the difference? So Bubba gets the, uh, he got Kane in a belly-to-back suplex, and yeah. then Devon yeah. caught him and dropped him down. So it's almost like a reverse 3D. Okay. But it's just a like a hanging neck breaker. It's not the 3D. Uh, but Cole, every time they did that, would call it as a 3D. How's the 3D different? Lift him by the legs, get the body up so Devon could mm, get the jump. Yes. It's like a flapjack into a cutter. Right, right. Okay, Huge okay. difference. Huge difference. But Cole, every time they did that, would call it as a 3D. I hate that okay. shit. Okay. Sorry, mine are uh, right. No wonder Bailey okay. hates you, Michael Cole. <laughs> um... So, of all people on the match, the uh, heels get heat on on Undertaker. <laughs> yeah. Like, you wouldn't think it'd be the biggest guy on the damn team is the guy that they beat down for a long time. Right, you'd think it would be Jericho or, like, Jer Angle, who they were really heating up. Or even Austin, you know? It, but, yeah. But you'd think Austin would get the hot tag. But, yeah, exactly, one of the smaller guys. But, no, they beat the shit out of Undertaker. Yeah. Um, at one point, they shoot him into the ropes, and he is so close to Kane I don't know if you caught this, but Kane had his hands on the ropes. Kane had to move his left hand away from Undertaker in order to not tag him. <laughs> he actually crossed his hands over each other. He actually put his he put his left hand to the right of his right hand oh, in order so to not tag Undertaker. It was sloppy as shit. Whoever, I don't know why they shot him into that rope, but it was like Kane had to avoid tagging Undertaker. Interesting, huh? Okay. Yeah, it was really goofy. That's weird. Yeah. Um, eventually Taker catches a DDT on Booker he tags in Austin and Austin gets in there and he stomps a mud hole on Booker and what is a mud hole? Uh, you'd have to ask JR yeah I have no idea what a mud hole even is if he could call in that would be great <laughs> JR if you're listening <laughs> hit us up at uh, Twitter at wrestling underscore drunk yeah. must be an Oklahoma theme <laughs> give us a code we'll sell your barbecue sauce <laughs> yeah so we're about 12 minutes in to this match. It's been nonstop action. There's been no holds. 
it's been quick paced, but it's not been crazy quick paced like AEW style. It's been easy to follow. But I mean, this is an action packed matchup to this point. Yeah, it's telling a good story. And I like the fact, originally I was like, this should be elimination style. Mm-hmm. But then you're like, okay, they saved that for Survivor Series. It makes way more sense. Yeah. This is one of the best 10 man tag team matches I've ever seen. It was really fucking good, dude. It really was. Yeah. Um, so then Stone Cold gets fired up, and he keeps jumping in to break up pins. He's like, fuck it. I'm just going to go in there and do whatever I want. Yeah. Because you know, he's, awesome. he's awesome. Yeah, he he's like, what are you going to do? He doesn't Stop care me. about sides. Yeah, right, that's what we're used right. to. Yeah, and he goes in to break up a pin. Uh, Booker's pinning Angle. And when he backs away, did you catch where he fell over twice? He did, yeah. <laughs> and he did that. You know, Awesome was kind of known for that. He would lose his balance at times. Maybe because he drinks. I don't know. But, I mean, that's far from the first time I've seen Austin just sort of randomly lose his balance and fall over. Well, at least he didn't start barrel rolling like the Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Nobody nobody threw a fireball into their own face. Right. <laughs> Speaking of fireballs, uh, the wizard Jericho um, is on a neutral turnbuckle firing Angle up. And Charles Robinson's outside. He yells at him. Did you see Austin grab uh Charles Robinson by the hair and drag him away from uh, Jericho? Yes, that was so great, dude. It's yeah, one of those things ca- that you don't catch if you're not paying attention. Right, the camera didn't focus on that. You sort of saw it in the background, but he grabbed his ass by the hair and dragged him away. <laughs> yes, that was awesome. Yeah. Um, so finally, Angle. Angle's get, they're getting heat on Angle. Angle finally tags in. He tags Austin, but the referee doesn't see it. And he gets dragged to the corner, gets mobbed on. It's classic heel fucking tag team wrestling. You know, it's... A, it's um. The Brain Busters with three extra guys. Right. And eventually the match just kind of goes bonkers, right? The breakdown. Well, it starts. breaks down. Yeah, it just breaks down. Yeah, DDP, it's a cutter on uh, on Angle. And so remembering and that's Angle's when it all starts legal, to fall apart. Angle's legal guy from yeah, right. here on in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Taker gets in, he starts fucking everyone up, and he ends up chasing DDT out of the arena. Uh, he, <laughs> Little Nate also took a last ride from Taker. That's right, because he was trying to stop Taker, right? Because Taker was not supposed to be in the ring. Right. Yeah. So Little he Nate takes a last ride, and then fucking Kyoto rolls him out. <laughs> <laughs> to further the yeah, referee right. story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, the match is totally broken down. People are outside the ring. Austin's knee is fucked up, and you've got the, the EMTs are out there. Yep. The Dudleys are double-teaming Kane. And uh, Devon takes a choke slam through the table. Yep. And then Kane, Kane takes a monitor shot, but he takes a suplex through the other table. Right. Then Jericho puts Rhino through a table. Jericho puts, yeah, there's a folding table, you know, a regular re- a wrestling table, if you will, up against the barricade. Jericho jumps off the apron at Rhino and puts him through the table. Yep. And we're now at 25 minutes and the match has finally slowed down. Yeah. <laughs> This thing's been fucking house of fire, dude. It really has. To say, you're like, talking about treat this you... like a marathon. Don't sprint. But if you have 10, 10 guys ready to do a alternate tag in and sprint for that long, yeah, sure, right. go for it. And yeah. you got and you got ten guys who are at the top of their game. You know, not I should I wouldn't say necessarily that they're all in their prime. I, I don't think Jericho is quite yet, but, but like Austin, but is, the, Taker they're just is. in shape to. To do this, to execute To this. do this, exactly. And to have a good match. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ten guys who know what the fuck they're doing out there. Um, then you get Angles inside. He gets double teamed by Booker and Bubba. He hits an angle slam and goes for an ankle lock on Booker. And then he gets, But he gets kicked into the referee, and then we get a double down. Yeah, ref bump. 
Then Vince tosses angles up. Vince tosses the belt to him. So because Vince is out there the whole time, so is Shane. I, we should have mentioned. Oh that. yeah, yeah, and Steph. Oh, yeah. And all, all the owners are out there just like yeah. shouting instructions and cheering him on. Hmm. So Vince tosses the belt to Angle. Shane intercepts it, and he Clocks. hits Angle. Mm-hmm. Vince gets in. Shane fucking clobbers his ass. Then um, he gets in, or then. Angle takes out Shane after that with the uh, with does he hit him with the angle slam or hits angle slam on Booker? Yeah, yes, angle slam on Booker. No the straps ref come to count. Yeah, the straps come down and he does the ankle lock, but there's no ref to count. And then here comes Austin. He tosses Kyoto in the ring, and he, you're like, "Cool." He's, he's found the belt, getting it, getting him ready. He because Booker's tapping. Just yep, needs to yep. Booker's so he's tapping. The ref get, in the ring. Austin's get him in there. Out. Get him aware. Austin tosses Kyoto in the ring. Um, he kicks Angle on the head. The turn happens. Hits him with a stunner. Hits him with a stunner, tosses Booker onto him, and he he forces Kyoto. Kyoto doesn't want to count. He forces Kyoto to count one, two, three. I totally forgot about that ending, and I marked out fucking hard. You could almost hear a collective gasp from the crowd when it happened, too. Like, this motherfucker turned on us again. Exactly. That was the thing, because he turned heel at 17. That had only been a few months before this. That would have been March. This is July. Yep. yep. And the fans still loved him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. He was the kind of guy, like, you didn't want to boo him, so the fans still loved him. And then they were like, fuck it, turn him heel again. Turn again. Him, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he just officially became, like, Vince wants him to become face at the Raw prior. He, uh, he is a face come SmackDown. Fuck, roller coaster of emotions at the end of uh, at the end of this match. Totally, yeah. And yeah. Jr. is doing some of his best commentary ever. Yeah, he's he pissed. is so fucking pissed off. Also, during yeah. the pin count, he Austin's physically counting and like uh, before the three counts, like wind up. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Yeah, through this whole time, Vince is down and he gets beer poured on him after the match. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, they and it's Austin saying, fuck you. The show. Yeah, Austin had just joined Vince and he's like, fuck you, Vince. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it's, it's such a great ending, mm-hmm. but it really mirrored 17 to an extent. It did, and but I think that's part of what was brilliant about it. it yeah, it, it really did. the characters like, and the stakes. I mean, yeah, you could see it like, yeah. He's turning heel, joining the enemy, but now it's evolved a little bit. Yeah. And it worked way better this time around. And look, I'm, this was a great 10-man tag team match. Uh-huh. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic, but I'm just going to throw this out there. If you wanted to make this pay-per-view better, you take out the Earl Hebner versus Nick Patrick match. Okay. You insert Vince McMahon versus Eric Bischoff. You take okay. the Dudleys and Rhinos off of Team Alliance, and you put in Hall, Nash, and Hogan. Okay. This becomes probably the the biggest pay per view WWE has ever done. You're probably right. You're probably right. Yeah. And we got into that into in the last episode about who they could have brought in in the uh, uh, invasion instead. It, yes, but this pay per view specifically, it was fantastic. I loved it, but you can't help but look back and go, fuck, if they had only had access to, like, four more names. Yeah. 
this could have been so much better. But it could look, have been even better, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But what we were given, fantastic pay per view. If you've worked. never seen it, go watch it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it definitely still worked, Adam. You're hundred percent right. It still worked. It was great. Mm-hmm. Putting the ECW guys in was awesome. It put some shine on ECW. I loved that. Awesome. Also, pay-per-view. in theory, like this pay per view is supposed to tell a story. By this point, I'm one year into wrestling. And I'm fucking emotionally engaged in this. So totally. It, yeah, absolutely. It worked. Yeah. Like, uh, we, yeah. the whole uh, Bar Rescue John Taffer uh, science thing. You know how hard it is to get a customer to come to your restaurant? Uh, that's hard. You want to get that same customer to come back to your restaurant? That's harder. <laughs> you want you that customer about? to come back and be <laughs> a regular? Really fucking insane hard. That's... Yeah. I have... Uh, like. They have been able to hook me in, and I'm a committed customer now. And this really did tell me a story, no matter what video out there says, oh, Vagin was bad, blah, blah, blah. This told a story. It worked. It yeah. did. It did. It did. Yep. And yeah. there's the parallel. Well done, Adam. I like that. It was, yeah, it was a great, yeah. great show. I love the show. And I worked still, a bar I, like I said, rescue I in there. Awesome. Shut it down. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, like I said, I hadn't seen it in probably 15 years, and I still enjoyed it. Yeah, it was um, really good. And I'm like, I've mentioned this many times. I'm watching the Attitude Era now, and I don't really know when I'm going to stop, you know, like when I'm going to cut it off. Probably, maybe I'll just keep watching, you know, indefinitely. I can't wait to get to the invasion. Yeah. You know, I'm in, I'm almost at 15 right now, so I've got two years worth of TV to watch before I get to this. But Making I'm good really things. excited to get to the invasion now. And yeah. that's all I got to say about that. Um, I thought it was an awesome show. Great fucking main event. The referee match was the worst, but it was still fun. So even, you know what I mean? When your worst match is still pretty cool, you did a good job. And yeah, it served its purpose. Mm-hmm. It did what it needed to do. Yeah, and I- It met just, our expectations of wrestling quality. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. And that's it, and that's all. I think it's time to take it home, oh, Adam, because Scott's got to go pick up- Oh, the pay-per-view. <laughs> What'd you think of uh, this uh, pay-per-view when you watched it happen, and what were your emotional engagements at the time? And what'd you think of our episode covering it? Please let us know on the social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, wrestling underscore drunk please tell your family friends heels and faces to like share subscribe we would love to entertain all of you um no matter where we are and we'd love to keep this drunk wrestling adventure going on behalf of eddie and scott i'm adam reminding all of you to please stay safe enjoy your buzz watch wrestling responsibly drink like nobody's watching and we'll see you all next time for another episode as part of invasion month one two three damn it austin (laughs) dive x-pac doesn't suck (laughs) he receives
Sandwich! 